Hey. We're recording. This is 12 Cat Questions. I can't even say the name of my own podcast right now. 12 <laughs> Questions. I don't know if I had enough Red Bull today. Hi. <laughs> and I'm speaking with... Dustin David. Hey. Hey. Hi. So we just had, I think, one of the funniest conversations of the trials and tribulations of dating and long-term recovery. That was fun. That was, I wish, I wish we had been recording. I mean, I try to not say that I've, that I have long-term recovery. I always try to keep it like, I just have today. We all just have today, for sure. What people don't realize I is... I have to say that daily, though, to remind myself. It's not like wearing a merit badge, like, ooh, I have long-term recovery. It it actually means you're probably extra crazy. That's, yeah. that's been my experience. <laughs> Crazier. And, yeah, <laughs> I, I might be crazier than, than your average. I love it when I'm talking to somebody who's, like, like newer, and then yeah. they're looking to me like I have an answer, and I'm like, oh, yeah, me too. So nuts. So yeah. crazy. Crazier than you are. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> You yeah. think you're crazy? I've done this sober. Exa- exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then they're all shocked and sad. Yeah. Oh, it's the best. Yeah. <laughs> I told people still have done Variety. They're like, I didn't know that drinking. Like, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's actually really well, true. I've, yeah. I've definitely. Um, uh, we touched on this before about the being too sober thing. Where yeah. It's like too. I'm t- you, like you try to be so good. You yeah. try to get an A at at this. You yeah. Try to get a, the twelve step program A. Yeah. And it kind of for me it always makes me snap. Like. Yeah, I think for me, it was like a subtle, calculated unraveling, but it was definitely had to do with the rigidity in which I kept like my early recovery. Like I definitely had a stranglehold on what I was doing and I needed to do it perfectly. And it was just so much that I was like, you just need to surrender a lot of things you don't have control over. Right. Like, right. I couldn't sit somewhere without trying to be active in all, like, like someone spill a cup of coffee, and I'm like, you need to clean that up. Like, you, that that needs to be you. Like, right. you need to do this. You need to do all of this other stuff. Like oh, You were that guy in the meeting who couldn't just sit down? Just someone. Uh, the guy well, cutting I mean, the cake and passing it out? I could, I could, <laughs> I could sit. But it was very uncomfortable. Right. Being cognizant of everything that was happening in the, and just knowing, like, you got oh, you got to do that. And you could help this person do that and this other stuff. And, and it took a while for me to uh, just sit in a seat <laughs> it's so and hard. let it happen. Because yeah. it's all going to work out. Um, right. With or without your help. Yeah. It's like sitting there and allowing somebody else to be of service to somebody else. Right. Yeah. Like I'm depriving all of these people of the opportunity to be of service by going around and fixing everything. Absolutely. It's like, no, that guy did that thing. And, oh, they started talking like, oh, that's cool. And that guy got to feel good about himself for helping somebody else. And right. that person felt good about being helped. Yeah, and I didn't need to do everything. Like you could, you could just sit there and fucking watch it happen. Was it know? about recognition, or was it about? I mean, I think part of it was like you got to look really good doing this. Yeah, and part of it was 
Yeah, just the it was like to be of service, to be of maximum service all the time. But I didn't realize it was kind of like being of service uh, all the time to everyone except myself. Right. It was finding a way, or not finding a way, but having somebody <laughs> explicitly tell me that when you're of service to everyone, you're included in everyone. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to do this thing and oh, it's late, and, you know, I could do that thing. Or, and I was like, you need to do that thing. And I was like, or do you need a fucking nap? Have you eaten today? Uh, Could you, do you, have you, you should stop and eat. Could you remind me of that? Because that's, I do that with stand-up a lot, where I'm like, oh my if God. I don't, right yeah. now I'm, I'm in between, if I'm not, when if I'm, I'm not, not putting this first, right. then it's coming last. If I'm at Mike's, I'm worried about not spending enough time writing. And if right. I'm, writing i'm beating up on myself for not doing enough mics right and it's making me insane yeah and it's the same it's that sort of same thing of like yeah but sometimes you have to take a nap yeah man am i sleeping enough (laughs) am i eating enough food am i going to the gym regularly yeah for me it's uh working out at the gym because i work at a gym so I'm at the gym a lot. You're right, but you're not so I can it. convince myself that I was like, I was there all week. I'm like, you worked out once. <laughs> and it's not that I work out every day. And I don't know why, but, and I'm not saying that this won't ever happen. Because I, I know that anytime I say never, like I'll never do this, it always happens. Right. Um, I mean, for years I said I would never get sober. Why? Uh... I just, that was just a motto that I live by. I was like, this is what I do. It's such an ingrained part of who I am, my personality. And I come from Maine, where there's rich drinking culture, and it's like part of my heritage. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. I'll never get sober. And then when it started to ruin my life, I was like, okay, I, I could see someday maybe not doing this anymore. I don't have the solution, but if there is one, I would latch on to it. But I'll never quit smoking pot. And then I kind of found out that the people that I was hanging out with weren't doing that either. I ended up doing that. So I just try to say never. So those s- things usually surrender happen. Surrender was a process for you? Yeah. I mean, initially... Um, that was the first question, by the way. It's always oh. about surrender. And I was like, yeah, we're seamlessly... <laughs> going, just Wait, woo. what's the first question? <laughs> It's so, about like how do you experience surrender, and it sounds like for you, it's it's like a, it's a gradual process of sort of observing how things are not going. Yeah, the way results are not as expected. <laughs> yeah, for me, it was kind of surrendering. Um, it's a funny story. I uh, had no concept of what you know mm-hmm. steps were, higher power, or anything like that. Um, but I. February 1st was like my date. Like I went to meeting and I was like, this is happening. Cool. Yeah. Like I'm down. And then it was like February 1st. Cool. My sobriety day. Awesome. But then February 4th, somebody kind of mentioned to me like, yeah, we're kind of not smoking pot around here. And I was like, (laughs) I thought this was a drinking program. Like since when is that a thing? And then I'm like, no, no, no. But like a doctor gave you a card and it's leak. And I was like, I want what these guys have. This is, they're not doing this. Am I willing to give this up? And uh, I would do this thing when I was drinking where, or I would do this thing where I was drinking in the shower where 
I would stop for a minute and I'd be like, if there's a sign from something, then, like, if there is, like, a power greater than myself, it gives me a, if I have a sign right now, I'll stop drinking. And then I would wait half of one second and then nothing would happen. And then I'd be like, knew it. And then I would keep drinking. (laughs) But I was also unwilling to the point where if there had been an earthquake or the lights had gone off, I'd be like, weird. And then would have kept drinking anyway. Right. But I'd really stopped and... uh, Not the drinking in the shower was the sign. Yeah. High five. I did that too. (laughs) Not even a red flag. Like that was just like, well, it's how you get ready. I only have so much time. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes for shits and giggles, I'll get like, if I have orange juice, I'll I'll take an orange (laughs) juice with me into the shower. You know, I do miss (laughs) drinking in the shower. I need to get a shower caddy with like a coaster. Like that would be great. Yeah, or like set the coffee right outside. Yeah. That's <laughs> of course now it's like oh, like trying to be healthier. It'd be like almond milk or something. <laughs> I'm like rebelling. It's like chocolate almond milk. Like that's as bad as it gets for me. <laughs> but I I was in the so I'm in the shower and I kind of closed my eyes and I was like, man, I really you know I just wish there was like a sign. And I kind of closed my eyes and I was breathing. And I guess it was like a really, like, just sort of meditating, but not really knowing what I was doing. Just like, man, this is really overwhelming. And just kind of like closed my eyes. Like, right. I really didn't know what to do. And uh, I sort of, like, in my head, I saw these like clouds kind of dissipate. And there was like a figure standing there. And as it became more into view, the figure was sort of uh, looked like an angel. And then as the angel came more clearly into view, I realized that it was Nathan Lane, which is obviously hilarious because what? (laughs) And really? And I was like, what? And it was just this figure that I just, and I don't know if it was like a safe matronly figure that (laughs) needed to deliver this message, but I mean, even he was like, I know what me, why crazy. And and just said to me, I'm really proud of you. And I just started bawling, like, in the shower. Like, I'd never been proud of myself for anything. Mm. And, like, I'd actively stopped drinking for a couple of days, which was a huge fucking deal. And I was like, that's what I needed, man. Like, that was it. And yeah. uh, I had pot. I just gave it away. And I was like, I don't, I don't fucking do this shit anymore. Like, I'm sober. This is what's up. And then, so February 5th was my first, like, actual day sober. Nice. Nice. But, yeah, surrendering to a thing that didn't make any sense to me. There you go. That's (laughs) the right example. Yeah, which, uh, you know, first and foremost, like, as a straight guy living in West Hollywood, I was like, this brings up a lot of questions for me. (laughs) (laughs) You're super funny, but really? Like, why why are are you? you What are you doing here? I don't know. I don't know. But it was very funny. And I was like, well, you know. My, my moment of clarity had Nathan Lane in it. Yeah, my higher power is very much has a sense of humor, which I need and respect. Yeah, mine too. Yeah, mine too. I need that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's uh, it's it's important. I, I value a higher power that, or I value that my higher power has the ability to just be like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 could this be sillier? Yeah. <laughs> This I, is happening. I wanted to quit vaping, and I lost my vape 
for like two weeks. Oh, it was man. just, I was like, man, God, I, I think I'd, I'd like to surrender this nicotine thing. Gone in an hour. I was like, really? It's in these pants. <laughs> Shit. Oh my God. And then I like, I struggled with it and struggled with it. And then finally I was like, two weeks ago, I was like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. I'm done with this weird fruit nicotine thing. Yeah, like, it's a it's, process. It's a, it's, a sad, it's a sad thing. What's the most insane thing you've done in and out of recovery? In and out? Mm-hmm. So two things? Two things. Uh, fuck. Uh, as far as seeing shit out of recovery, um... <laughs> it's it's not like Jesus can't think of anything. It's, it's like just, which thing is crazier? They're all, they're all in the doorway of your brain, just trying to Kool Aid man their yeah. way through. <laughs> just like <laughs> it's like a stadium full of memories. Like I'm craziest. Remember, remember. Um, I I was part of a burlesque group. Uh, in Maine when I was not sober and uh, okay. I would do stand up between the burlesque acts oh okay uh, I got recruited because a girl I wrote for my school paper um, which is one of the nerdiest things you could do <laughs> but a girl that also wrote for my school paper uh, was an exotic dancer and she said hey we know I know you're a comedian and you seem cool I want to introduce you to these girls we need a comedian for our group nice and I didn't know what the group was and I didn't know what was happening and I got involved with them, and uh, they would do this, like, uh, striptease thing. And they all had tattoos, and they were all really cool. And I was like, yeah, this is great. And uh, so I became, like, part of their burlesque group for, like, six months. And we drank very much uh, yeah, oh, yeah. around them. But we became sort of like a family. Like, I never had any physical relations with any of them. We were all just friends. Nice. So it would be a thing where I was like, oh, it's like a job. Like, we work together, and yeah. so this is a great thing. And so people would assume that things would happen, but in reality, it would just be us, like, getting high, eating popcorn, watching the Muppet movie, being like, this is my favorite part. Like, having a fucking pajama party. Like, <laughs> You're really so girling great. it up. <laughs> that was the best. Oh, my gosh. Um, and after a while, they uh, they said, we need, we're going to, we want you to strip in the show. And I was like, you, you don't want me to do that. And they were like, why? Because you're scared? And I was like, no, because I'd be so good at it, I'd make you look bad. They were like, <laughs> fuck <laughs> you. So what they didn't know is I'd been practicing the whole time that I was part of them in case they asked me. <laughs> so you're I, like, this is my moment. <laughs> so I did a strip tease for them, and they were like, you're in the show Friday, no questions asked. Oh, how funny. And so I stripped at a rock club. Uh, it was We were opening for this band who had a big lesbian following. So the all of the crowd were, it was all women. Yeah. And I think most of them we're lesbians, so to see, like, they're like, oh, we're, like, degrading, like, a guy. Like, this is great. Like, he's they stripping so for us. It. They were fucking in love with it. Nice. To which, not a huge fan of my own gender, I was like, please. Like, any sketch they wrote me into, I was just, like, some idiot guy they would, like, throw around. <laughs> I was like, if this helps you, great. Like, <laughs> I'm on board. <laughs> like, men are terrible. I'm like, you're correct. Like, <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's so funny. Um... Probably one of the craziest things in recovery. Uh, I went to my friend's wedding, uh, dear friend of mine from high school. First wedding I'd been to in sobriety. Um, 
first uh, very far away from here i was in uh, upstate new york it was an open bar all my friends from high school everybody's getting like wasted like we haven't seen each other in years like (laughs) wasted and uh they all very much um know that i'm sober now all very supportive of my recovery yeah and did a lot of checking in with me you good you need anything you all set you good and like i didn't want to feel like a burden like i didn't you know but it was really uncomfortable for me because i'm usually in situations where being of service is obvious right you know what to do Right. And so I was like, just be of service. Just do what you can to be of service to your friend at his wedding. So he doesn't have to worry about you, you know? Yeah. And so I'm like trying to pick up things. And then the staff was like, you can't pick anything up because we actually will get in trouble if they see again. And I was like, shit. Okay. Right. And uh, so I'm standing around and um, I was like, all right, well, how can I be of service? And I was like, well, the most... um, mostly I want my friend to know that I'm having a good time. Right. So to be of service is to just have a good time. And I was like, I feel like there's so much pressure for me to do that now. (laughs) And uh, so I'm talking to uh, his now wife, who was right after the wedding, who very dear friends with uh, him and his wife for like eight years. And she she says, hey, how's it going? What's going on? Having a good time? What's up? And I said, yeah, you know, it's kind of weird because... I used to drink a lot and I would like dance all the time. And then she was like, Oh, you think you're a dancer? And I was like, uh, yeah, I used to be a stripper. And then she was like, bullshit. And I go, you put on genuine's my pony. and We'll see what the fuck's up. And she was like, it's on. So she goes to the DJ and was like, yo, I'm the fucking bride. You put on the song right now. And I was like, Bwant, Bwant. and I was like, so I walked over and I grabbed a folding chair and I put it in the middle of the dance floor and I was like, sit down. So I stripped my friend's wife. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she wanted. At the it's reception. It's special day. It wasn't like I got to my underwear or anything, but I like put the tire on and everything. And everybody's like losing their mind, like freaking out. Like, oh my God, this is so cool. And they're like, that's your friend who's sober? <laughs> like that's... And they thought it was like really funny and... And we ended up having a great time. Like, it was so cool. And I was like, wow, so bizarre that, like, that's how I was able to be of service <laughs> to show people that I was having it comes full circle. a good time. I was like, it's a thing that you remember through sense of memory. Like, when I hear that song, like, have you ever. It's like the code implanted in my head of, like, a KGB spy where it's like, I hear that and I'm like, you're like, mm-hmm. I can twerk. <laughs> like, my shoulders go back. I'm like, you know exactly what to do. <laughs> like, I just remembered it completely. Have you and seen the Tumblr vlog uh, Dancing Alone to the Pony? Oh, no. <laughs> and it's just people in their house dancing to Gen- Genuine's Pony. And it's the best thing I've ever... I'm going to look that up. <laughs> it's hours of entertainment. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's my jam. And I was like, that happened. And then they remembered it. They went to a big, like, they were all going to a bar afterwards. And I was like... I'm just tired. Like, I just want to go home. It's not that I feel like I'm going to drink right. or anything. It's like, this is just a lot. Like, I'm used to getting up really early. I'm in a time zone difference. And uh, so we get to the bar, and it turns out, like, I just I didn't have my ID. I just, it was in the hotel, and I don't know why. I never took it out. Nice. And I couldn't get into the bar. So I was like, I, I love you guys. I got to go home. And they were all so drunk, they thought I was at the bar anyway. So it didn't matter. Ah. 
But they were talking about it the next day, and so that's how I was able to be of service to my dear friend that's and his wife magical. at his wedding. That's beautiful. <laughs> and probably one of the craziest things I've done in recovery. That's so funny. Yeah. I really like that. That was fun. How do you yeah. make decisions? Um, uh, swiftly and without hesitation. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> on a day-to-day basis, like yeah. in general. Yeah, either way. Um, I just remember when I when I first got clean, I was um, overwhelmed by any decision. Yeah, it and is. Sometimes, like right now, I'm kind of overwhelmed in general, and decisions have become very hard. It is a lot. Um, I don't always, but uh, for the most part, I do the best that I can to just take a pause and take a deep breath mm-hmm. to. Well, you had said before the decision about the job. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if it's a really big decision, you know, I'll talk to some trusted friends who have been through the same thing in recovery. Yeah. Uh, I always write about it and then meditate and be like, cool, what is this going to look like long term? Should I do it? Should I not do it? Um, It ultimately comes down to... um, I... Ever since I was like 30 days sober, I know uh, what the right thing to do is. Right. I know. Right. But I spend a lot of time convincing myself that I might not know. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, um, geez, what do you do here? (laughs) Dude, you fucking know. (laughs) You know what to do. Yeah. Uh, You know what you should do. You know what you're probably going to do anyway. Mm-hmm. Are these, <laughs> is this something you want to live with in sobriety? Sometimes I act like a novice as a form of attention seeking, if I'm honest with myself. I'm I like, I don't my, understand. I can see myself doing that. Yeah. yeah. But um, I've, now I try to pause and, you know, sometimes it looks like contrary action. Like, yeah. This is what you would normally do. This never works out. Are you willing to have a different experience with this? Are you willing to do something different? Right. Are you going to keep doing the same thing that you've been doing that you know doesn't work? Mm-hmm. And sometimes just because it's safe and comfortable, I will continue doing something that I know does not work. Mm-hmm. Um, until I allow pain to be the catalyst for me to change the way that I'm doing something. Hmm. Because it's got to get to that breaking point sometimes where I'm like, this is unbearable. Right. I can't keep living this way. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And then usually turn to a friend who I've been like, ah, man, I... She said, I don't know what to do. They're like, this is the ninth fucking time you've asked me this question. Do the other thing. I... (laughs) Don't keep doing it. I had a I had a moment a couple weeks ago where I um where I kind of I did that with a friend where I was like I love you I gotta real talk to you. This Jeez, I don't know. Been, this is a pattern. What do we want to do about this? The other thing. <laughs> yeah. Do the other thing. Do this. Let's let's get into some contrary action. Yeah. Yeah. 
And, and it's funny because sometimes it's asking somebody else and hearing advice that I've heard before from somebody else. Yeah. And then forgetting that the person that I always ask, I'm like, hey, check it out. I did this other thing. They're like, I've been telling you that for years. <laughs> and they're like trying to hold their contempt of being like, I'm, you know what? I'm glad you finally heard it from somebody. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Without like them taking it personally. My, my favorite I way to respond to that, that is complete ignorance. Like, Oh, really? That's amazing. Did you now? What a great angle on that. Yeah. And then I just sort of walk away. I'm like, oh, good for you, kiddo. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. It keeps happening. Look at you. <laughs> yeah. I just try to pause before I make decisions. Yeah. I don't always. Sometimes mm. caffeine will cut down the pause rate. Sometimes yes, it will. To immediacy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's learning like how to respond to something instead of reacting, mm-hmm. and I can now catch myself when I'm becoming very reactionary. Well, I'm bad at being reactionary. Like my responses to things are good, like yeah. But I'm bad at being reactionary, and where I see it play out, some whereas I'll I'll be hanging out with the kids, little comedy kids, yeah. and they don't have we have adult conversations, yeah. But sometimes it just turns into busting balls, which is fine, yeah. whatever. But I'm not great in those situations. So I'll just quietly wait and I'll hang back. And then all of a sudden I'll say something and everybody will go, ow. And I'll go, yeah. <laughs> I responded. <laughs> yeah. That happened. Yeah. Sorry. That's uh, I can play too. I just uh, <laughs> I play with a different uh, different set of equipment up here. I'm just <laughs> yeah. I, oh, my God. I did that one time at work with a friend of mine where I thought of something and we, we joke around a lot. He's <laughs> Boston guy, really funny, did a lot of improv back in the day. Uh, one of the funniest trainers. We have a great time going yeah. back and forth. And we're always, and anytime I say something, he'll always up the ante, like way above and beyond anything anyone ever think about. <laughs> it just to a ridiculous degree. <laughs> and I really thought of something one day where I considered, I was like, that actually might be too much. Like, that might be the thing where he would break and be like, not cool. <laughs> <laughs> but I, like, I paused, and I was like, I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> he was uh, getting ready to go on this big, actually fairly dangerous rock climbing mission. And he, uh, <laughs> so he was leaving that weekend, and he was like, yeah, I'm leaving after the shift today. And I said, sounds great. Um Hey, uh, when you go on this trip, after you die, how long should I wait before I make a move on your wife? Yeah! And he stomped, and he goes, Buddy, you want to get right in there, because there's going to be... Didn't even bat a fucking eye. Oh, my God. But that was the... Like, I hung in the uncomfortability after he said Buddy, where I was like... You've ruined a friendship. I could die. From your idiocy. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Yeah. <laughs> so, how is your level of honesty? Cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's probably an honest response. I guess it depends on. I think it's dependent on what it's regarding. I mean, my level of honesty is always dependent on how honest I can be with myself. Yep. Always. Yeah. 
because uh, if I'm tricking myself into thinking that it's true, oh, I'm being on like, oh, that's that is what is true. <laughs> um, but it helps for me to have close friends that I can really be honest with, where they know me, and they go, "That's bullshit. That's not. You don't mean that." Right. Like if I say I'm fine, they will be like, "Oh, like oh, how's it going?" I'll be like, "I'm fine." And they're like, "Yeah." No, really. How's it going? <laughs> like, I know you, and you don't seem fine. You seem on edge. <laughs> what? I'm fine. No, everything's good. I'm fine. Everything's fine. I'm okay. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely uh, gotten better. Uh, I used to be very dishonest when I was drinking, and also in. Uh, I mean, not that I was like actively dishonest in early sobriety. Actually, no. I think my first year I was too honest. <laughs> yeah. And then have since reeled it in, and then I think my second year was kind of like lying by omission mm-hmm. like this is true enough mm-hmm. um so yeah as long as i can get around a lot of the self-deception where i'm like tricking myself into thinking something that's true right then but i would say for the most part relatively on like I'm as honest as I can be in any given situation I can't say that I'm 100% honest all the time because there still are things where I'm like yeah I'm leaving a pretty big piece of the puzzle out of this conversation right and there is a couple people that I can be 100% honest with mm-hmm. and then they usually can give me the awareness to be like, this is somebody that you need to be honest with in this situation. Yeah. So, I mean, there's definitely like how you were with, uh, the, uh, the, the, the ladies, the, <laughs> the, it's, it's always weird. We were talking about, uh, before we recorded how the minute you come off the market, everybody, comes out of the woodwork there's like a bat signal that goes up and they're like we gotta we gotta get him back we gotta get him back in the single pool he's he's not and it's not that it's yeah there's like a sign in the air like like a pheromone where it's like oh he's just around yeah (laughs) not a big deal and then oh wait we we can't have him (laughs) where is he (laughs) hold on i was busy rejecting you get back here (laughs) so weird i was in the area thought i'd visit you at work (laughs) hi what um i mean it's it's really uncomfortable for me to be honest in situations like that where i'm like no i'm with somebody like i can say that i'm with somebody and I know my truth to be like, no, I don't trust myself by putting myself in a situation where I could be in danger for hurting someone I'm in a relationship with, playing the tape out and being like, yeah, no, I just, I I thought it was a good idea to go watch a movie with my ex-girlfriend. I don't know why that's such a big deal. (laughs) But it's it's avoiding situations where I'm putting myself at risk. Right. And, you know, before it was the self-deception where I'm like, no, this is cool. Like, this is a cool thing. Mm-hmm. And 
But it's stopping and being like, yeah, or are you just doing this to validate your own fucking ego? Right. Where you're getting positive attention from somebody that you can't be with. Right. And you they don't want to be with. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Did you see it? Oh, crazy. Tell me how great I am. Like, you don't yeah. You don't need that. That's, yeah. that's not healthy. It's not good. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you just, I just don't want to continue hurting people that I'm trying to be in relationships with. Right. And a lot of times I think I'm just hurting myself. That's really what, yeah. I'm like, no, 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 it's me. It's me. But then I can see, like, the hurt on somebody else's face and being like, well, I didn't know. I'm like, you did fucking know. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I, as much as I can still get away with feeling like I'm hurting myself in that situation, it's too painful to hurt somebody else. Mm-hmm. And it's actually shifting a little bit where I'm like, no, I don't want to feel that way. Right. Either. Right. You know? Whereas before I could be like, oh, I should be in this much pain because this much pain is... What I deserve. Familiar. Yeah. And yeah. comfortable. Yeah. I know how to operate under yeah. pain. Extreme and duress. It's, <laughs> it's super... Yeah, it's super scary to be like, everything's going well. Yeah. Everything's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And can see when I'm putting somebody else before things that are important to me. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, again, like, take a pause yeah. and be like, oh, yeah, this person wants me to do this. I need to do everything that they want me to do. Right. Because that'll make them happy. Because if they're not happy, they're going to leave me and I'm going to be alone. And if I'm alone, I'm not enough by myself. Mm-hmm. Instead of being like, you know what? I made a commitment to my friend to do this thing. Um, I got to do that thing. I got to show up for my friend. You know, as I said, I was going to do it. Right. And that's what I do. Right, right. And you can do your own thing. Exactly. And we can be autonomous I, in our own things. I have to have go to my things. home group. I yeah. have to go to my show. I, I have to go. I have a commitment. I got to go to that. I, I got to go to that. Yeah. yeah. This is, I agreed to do this thing and I got to do it, you know? Wow. And, uh, and that's also uncomfortable. Right. But it gets easier. Yeah. Because if I don't, then I do that thing, and then I'm fucking resentful the whole time. You know what I realized is super attractive to people? When you have your own life. Yeah. Yeah. I was uh, that I realized that that is attractive. Yeah. When you're kind of the boss of your own your own yeah. world. Yeah. Uh, I got fun. a thing. You know what? Yeah. You do your thing. I actually do this thing. No big deal. Yeah. You do your own things. Totally great. And it, because it also communicates trust. Yeah. And it's it, for sure. All of it's all of it's positive. What it was the most surprising defect that you discovered? Mm. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if any of them really surprised me. I feel like I always knew. I think it's uncomfortable for other people to know. Um... Oh, you know what's funny? I think I had a list in my phone of my character defects. Oh, wow. I did. Uh, let me see if I still do. Uh, most surprising. Like, what was the one where you're like, oh, shit, I do that? I thought only <laughs> other people did that. <laughs> uh character for me it was people pleasing because when i yeah when people are like 
I'm just, I just care too much. And that's not what people pleasing is. People pleasing is, uh, I say this over and over on this podcast. It is manipulation and dishonesty. That's it. Yeah. Straight up. And when I looked at it that way, I was like, oh yeah, I do that a lot. Yeah. I think I can relate to the people pleasing thing. I think the being judgmental. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it's something that I always accepted. Like, oh yeah, everybody's judgmental, but I was like, at the fucking level that I'm like, I'm that judgmental. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. And also, in a lot of situations, being hypocritical and looking at and realizing more to the moment when I'm being hypocritical. Okay. Because I would separate myself in sobriety from when I was drinking like it was this whole other person mm-hmm. like looking at them being like this asshole but I'm like no that's you dude. that shit that you did for a long time so I could see people having behaviors now that I used to do and could separate myself to the point where I'm like I can't believe this guy's like that and then stopping and being like, yo, that's shit that you used to do. Like you're being <laughs> hypocritical. You're literally no different. Like, you did that. Right. A lot. Yeah. For a long time. For all the times. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, oh, this, you holding this mirror to me, ugh, you son of a bitch, how dare you? Like, that's what you would do. I, um... Yeah, I was working with somebody who had me do a writing exercise that said, well, you know, did you have any resentments? And I was like, no, I don't. And they said, you don't have any resentments. And I was like, well, I guess against my one friend because he's an asshole. And then he was like, well, what kind of things does he do? And I told him, and he's like, well, are these things that you do? And I was like, how dare you? I am a sober member (laughs) and i do not do any of these are and they're like well are these things that you used to do and i was like oh my god yeah when i was drinking i did used to do that and i was like oh you're being hypocritical of that and it was like wow well how fortunate are you that you have a solution now and how unfortunate for them that they have to go through life continuing to live that way right and i was able to have like empathy for like somebody who had a resentment towards and i was like oh yeah like that really sucks you know Mm -hmm. and me separating myself from them with a resentment is me you know keeping my hand out from them if they ever need help absolutely and i was like yeah you know you gotta fucking let this shit go dude it's how you were you know and so by kind of working through that i actually was able to reach out to them and become friends with them again and somebody that i talked to and so that someone that's approached me about recovery right since and i was like wow it's so crazy that's so cool yeah i just never would see that happening i'm like no he's just a dick also fuck him like Uh. but being able to work through that it's like uh, this is nothing to do with him. Like he still thinks right. of your friends at this point. So is that how you experience <laughs> forgiveness? Mm, I mean, that was definitely one of the earliest times when I was able to see myself and somebody else. Yeah. And realize that I was that hypocritical about so many people. Yeah. In so many situations. And then it's like, yeah, dude, all of your fucking defects of character is the only reason it keeps you from anybody. Anyone any 
like anything anyone's doing that bothers me is because it's shit that I do. Like everyone is a mirror. Right. To a degree. Like everyone's defects of character. There's actually nothing wrong with them. I'm just not being acceptance of who they are. And they're doing shit that you don't like because it's shit that you do. Right. Or you used to do. Right. And it really helps level the playing field in a lot of ways. But sometimes when I'm just not fucking in it, I don't feel connected. I'm like, man, fuck everyone. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, continue to walk around and act just like that. (laughs) Uh, What's Uh. been the weirdest amends you've had to make? Um, like, did, did you have to make an amends for doing the pony at the wedding? No. No, they loved that. They were into it. <laughs> um, let's see. Mm-hmm. There's still a lot of unsaid amends that I have to go through. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, the way that I was uh, taught a lot of this stuff initially was that you just write fear inventory and then you meditate and that's what you do. Okay. And so for the longest time I was like, great, this is what's keeping me sober. And it was like the immense process will happen organically. Like these people will be brought back in your life as you clear away the fear from Mm -hmm. your life and you meditate and you're connected with a power greater than yourself. Um, so I've had some pretty like half ass jank amends that I'm probably going to have to go through and do again. <laughs> <laughs> like I remember I, uh, hooked up with this girl one time. It was like the 4th of July. We ended up spending like three days together just drinking and doing drugs. And I think we slept like the whole time. And then at the end of it, I was like, this is actually terrifying. Like, I don't know if I was in some like drinking psychosis, but I was like, I need to get the fuck out of here now. Right. I need to go. Like, I need to leave. And just, like, kind of freaked out. and was like, I'm really scared right now. You're like, you're really freaking me out. And I just bailed. Like, never explained. I always felt really bad about that. But I was like, yeah, you probably look like the crazy one in this situation. <laughs> and, I, shit, I was super new to sobriety. And I ran into her somewhere. And she looked, in retrospect, really hungover. Like, she'd just been up all night. And I was like, hey, listen... I just want to, I'm sober now and I'm just really sorry. And she was like, ah, okay. Yeah. And I was like, it's just, I feel really bad about the whole thing. Did not fucking remember me. Nothing registered. Wow. And I was like, I just really like, I want to let you know. And she took my, like shook my hand and was like, it is complete. Like whatever you're doing is done. Leave me alone. And I wonder I'll if that happens a lot to her. That's probably such a good response. <laughs> never see her again. It was like, she just shook my hand and was like, it is complete. And I was like, what? I don't feel what? Like, but you're good, man. Just. And, I, and it was just so in my head, like, oh, God's brought this person back into my life to make them <laughs> awkward for a few minutes. <laughs> like, no. But, and I'm sure, like, if I talked out, they're like, you don't. Or anything. Like, you were uh, crazy. That's great. You were both crazy, and things happened. Yeah. You can own your part. Your amends is, you never talk to her again. You leave her alone. Yeah. <laughs> it's a living amend. You just go on doing your thing. Sober. That's so funny. <laughs> Stay away from her. How do you funny. manage all of this on a daily basis? <sighs> One day at a time. <laughs> <laughs> I texted somebody today, just for today, he's in your life until he tells you he doesn't want to be in your life. 
you don't get to decide for him that he's sending you signs that he doesn't like you anymore, okay? Yeah, not <laughs> up to you. It's not up to you. But that's the thing I've been, for sure I've had to... <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's... Manage, such a broad term. I mean, there are still <laughs> elements of my life, I would say, that are borderline unmanageable. Yeah. But there's a lot more manageability. Um, structure helps. I like having a pretty structured, like, what I'm doing on a yeah. day-to-day basis. Uh, being open to saying yes to new things and experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, even when it's uncomfortable. Even when it's a fun thing. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. it could be uncomfortable. Right. Um allowing myself to have fun which is still a new concept it's so funny i always ask people what they do for fun almost like it's a challenge like sometimes people in sobriety i'm like yeah cool sobriety's great what are you doing for fun and they're like wow i've never fucking thought about that not many things (laughs) and i'm like and i say it like i have fun all the time and then they're like what do you do for fun and i was like shit <laughs> it's like one thing and they're like that sounds like work i'm like you shut your mouth <laughs> but allowing myself to be open to having fun that it should be a fun process it should be enjoyable <laughs> that's so funny being open to it. like i'm got invited to go to a uh, huge like comedy festival thing tomorrow just go yeah. watch all these shows all these comedians yeah. so fucking excited it's Do gonna it. be awesome and uh, but then there was another thing that I'd committed to, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, you got to do this thing that you've committed to." Yeah. And then I was like, "Or you could go have fun. Tell your fucking friend, hey, this huge opportunity came up that could be really great." Yeah. And this is the thing that I want to do. I like understand. you. Yeah. And we're friends, and we could be friends through this. And you could bring somebody else that would love to go. Yeah. So I'm depriving somebody else the opportunity to have a really good time by me going and being bitter about not doing the thing that I want to do. Right. Mm-hmm. So me being there and being like, I guess I'm here. Blah. I could be there. <laughs> but instead of letting somebody go be like, this is amazing. <laughs> me being like, I'm having a fun time. <laughs> of course, the thing I go to could be shitty i have no idea that's so funny i'm having a fun time yeah but i'm like putting myself in the path where fun could be had right exactly joy is where joy is available yeah it is available in abundance (laughs) if you choose to not be in your own head the whole time right have you ever done in in recovery have you ever been to like a concert's a good a good example Uh, or uh, you're in a situation where you have a specific idea of like how it should go or you're more worried about other people enjoying themselves with you. Have I ever had expectations about anything? <laughs> Not in your life. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, your higher power. What's up? What's your relationship with your higher power like? We talked about how it's so important for a higher power to have yeah. a sense of humor. Today? Like, yeah, it's a shit, like, we're tight. It's cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> We're bros. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I connect a lot through meditation still. Okay. And my meditation practice changed a lot. Um, oh, this is so cool. I guess I could... Yeah, this is a thing that happened this morning. Um, it's still... 
because I just can't shake the image from my head still looks and sounds like Nathan Lane. Adorable. And, and it literally has my entire sobriety. It's never been anyone else. It's never looked like anything else. Oh my God. It has always been the voice in which my higher power chooses to speak to me. <laughs> I did not choose it. I did not think uh, about it. Right. That just is mm-hmm. what it is. Um, but yeah, today I was sitting and for whatever reason, I was just meditating for like 20 minutes and so funny not like 20 it was 20 minutes um wow was overwhelmed with an irrational fear many irrational fears yeah. that made no sense mm-hmm. and as i'm sitting and meditating it usually looks like the same thing which is me sitting on a beach uh just kind of watching the waves and i have like a mantra and so like the mantra kind of comes uh in with like the waves like watching like the ocean mm-hmm and so I sit with uh, Nathan Lane on the beach and like lawn chairs and sometimes just chilling and sometimes I'd ask questions. The answer is usually the same. And the answer is usually, uh, yeah, you, you know, man, <laughs> you, you already know. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do I do? Yeah. You, you know what to do. You just, you ask me because you want to pretend like you don't know, but you do know. Like, and it's very compassionate and non judgmental. Right. That's always there right. and is always present. But uh, it's very much like, yeah, you, you know what's up. And uh, I just felt that uh, as we were sitting on the beach, like in my head in the meditation, not like physically, uh, I felt this wind like that all the air was being sucked out uh, like away from oh wait no from behind us towards the ocean like all this wind was like picking up like dust Hmm. and I was like that's so bizarre and then I saw all the water rapidly recede back into the ocean like there was fish that were flopping around and then as the water went back it raised up into this huge tsunami and it was just, you know, metaphorically in my head, I could put together that it was just this insurmountable fear that was going to right. crush and destroy me. Right. And I'm just sitting there watching it happen. And I was like, oh, my God, like, what's going on? What is that? And he'd be like, oh, that's that's all the fear that's in your head. And I was like, why is it this giant tsunami? And he's like, because it uh, it will land on the shore and it will destroy everything in its path, including you and everything around. What? And uh, I was like, "What do What do I do?" And he said, "Do you trust me?" And I said, "Yeah, for sure, totally, totally trust you." Like I don't know why you would even ask me that. Right. Of course. And he said, "For real, like do do you trust me?" And I was like, "Yeah, I trust you." And he goes, okay, just take my hand. So I like held his hand and then the tsunami comes like crashing down, like super hardcore. And it's like rushing like right at the shore, like directly at us. And about eight feet away, it stopped and hit what appeared to be a glass wall that was all along the shore. The entire tsunami just built up. And as it kept building up, it never went over the top of... Like, you couldn't see it. It was just clear. It just had stopped in a wall formation. 
and raise like all the way up and it just kept going up uh, but it never touched the shore and i was like what the f-? And he's like everything's gonna be fine it's all fake none of it's real like it's just fear it's just a rational fear and i was like oh and he's like you just have to stay in this present moment and not fucking worry about all this shit because it's all gonna work out anyway and you're gonna be fine and i was like oh but then i we just stare into the ocean and just see like sharks and whales and like fish and like all the stuff in the ocean it seemed like it was this huge giant aquarium from this giant wall like the ocean that didn't actually ever crash and nothing actually ever happened crazy it was insane that's awesome but i could actually be like in the present moment for one second be like wow i'm really grateful for a lot of shit look at all this cool shit in the ocean like that's awesome this is all just existing but it all just looks like fear but it as long as I can stop and take a pause. So I had to do that a lot today where I'd get amped up about some shit and I would just stop and breathe and just remember, like as I'm meditating, like I'm just breathing in and out. That's all I'm doing, which is all I'm ever doing. So if I ever get too like hyped about some shit, I can just stop and take a deep breath in and be like, you're not in any real danger right now. Like everything's right. actually fine. Right. It's going to work out like how right. it's supposed to. And there's nothing you can do to change that. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. Um, it was really cool. Glad I just had that, like, experience this morning. Because you never, like, I never know what my meditation is going to look like. I can't control it. That's some super vivid meditating. Yeah, it is usually pretty vivid. Do you have, like, a specific meditation that you, like, practice? or? Um initially i did this chanting meditation for like a year but i think for the last almost three years i've been doing uh sort of like vedic meditation okay. which is like transcendental meditation oh okay so you get a mantra and there's like the whole process where you get a mantra and i've been good about meditating in the morning but i'm not great about meditating at night you're supposed to meditate twice a day for like 20 minutes each oh, time okay so I'm good about the morning one, but I've definitely not great about the meditating in the evening. Yeah. Which I can feel. Like, I'm like, oh, you're like a little bit more spun out, a little bit more disconnected. Interesting. But yeah, I know that when I'm doing it, things are a lot better. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. How do you like to give this thing away? What's up? Um, usually when people uh, ask... <laughs> That's smart. Because I was real good about telling people how great it is. <laughs> Initially. Attraction rather than promotion. Yeah. And I thought I was attracting people by promoting it. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, no, no. I was like, you just yeah. try to be the example. Yeah. And um, I, you know, still have some friends that are drinking and uh, I never tell them you have a fucking problem you need to do this but it is uh sharing my experience and saying this is what it was like for me you know i don't know if you can this is what happened to me this is what i did and um so i try to speak at a lot of different things whenever i get the opportunity to do that um so that's always good um uh yeah, I ask, I've gotten better about asking people if they're open to suggestion rather yeah. than telling them what I think yeah. they should do. 
Yeah. People usually aren't responsive to that. And I was surprised how many times I ask people if they're open to suggestion about something and uh, they'll say no. That's interesting. Yeah. Which is good because then I won't waste my time. Yeah. Because I'm yeah. like, oh, I'd literally tell you something that you don't want to hear. And I'd, yeah. and I'd be like, okay, great. Good luck with that. Yeah. And inversely, I can also know when I'm doing something that somebody's going to give me suggestions about. Right. I'd be like, this is what I'm doing. It's working for me right now. And I'm not open to suggestion. Yeah. So people don't unsolicitedly give me all of their advice that I'm not going to take. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I'll be like, you know, it's real new and uh, I don't, I don't, I don't need the feedback just yet. Yeah. We're good. <laughs> I just, I need my, I had a sponsee sister. Uh, she turned me on to this. Do you want um, the recovery response or do you want the friend response? Yeah. Cause if you want the program response, I'll give it to you. If you want the friend response, I love you. You're going to get through this. It's going to be fine. I'm sorry. That sucks. Yeah. And it's like usually. That's a good one. Yeah. I remember that. But yeah. Yeah. It's I do the best I can just to try to share my own experience with it. And also inversely, if I don't have experience about it, to not give advice about it. Right. Which I'm not. I'll like go way fucking around the barn being like, I sort of kind of did a thing like that. Oh, you're pregnant? That reminds me of when I had a cat. Like, no. Right. Dude, no, you, that's, that's nothing you have experience with. So don't, so don't, don't fucking try don't, to don't do that. Do that. <laughs> well, that's, this has been awesome. Thank you so much. Thank and thank you. you for your flexibility and your patience. Uh, and you're the best. So great. This is so fun. Thank you.